the restaurant where he worked had embraced the religion of truth, and it was a thing to rejoice. Assalamu alaikum, Rick intoned, kissing Kyle on both cheeks and squeezing him with his powerful arms. Wa alaikum assalam, Kyle answered without a hitch, thereby exhausting his entire catalogue of Arabic. Although there was no way for Rick to know it, the conversion of Kurban was not everything he might have hoped for. "'You pray today, brother?' "'Twice this morning,' Kyle remarked, hating himself for the fib. "'To the left of the entrance was a shallow doorway used for deliveries. "'Rick reached in and removed the clean cardboard sheet he used as a prayer mat. "'In order to pray five times a day, as was his duty to Allah, "'he had to get in at least two prayers at work. "'During the lulls after the lunch and dinner rushes,' Rick would run to the alley on the other side of the street to fulfill this obligation. Now, though, he held up the mat as an offering to Kurban. Kyle shook him off, gesturing to the restaurant. I'll catch up later. Business, you know. The business of living is Allah. Yes, said Kurban, smiling, but I understand Allah has a rent-stabilized apartment. I'm not as lucky. The ridges of Rick's brow contorted. "'Mr. Kurban,' he scolded, sternly shaking his head. "'Please,' Kyle thought. "'Allah was all-powerful, but couldn't withstand a bit of ribbing? "'If Saeed and his Muslim brothers hadn't yet figured out "'that God didn't always take himself so seriously, "'that he in fact had a roaring, knee-slapping sense of humor, "'what kind of real future could there be for Kyle and his new religion?' After a moment, perhaps remembering that the man was a paying customer, Rick switched his face back to the tepid grin he reserved for ordinary patrons and opened the thick entrance door. Inside boiled a cauldron of activity and appetites. "'Enjoy, brother,' said Rick, throwing his arm out across the threshold. Kyle thought he detected a mocking tone to the gesture." as if nothing that lay behind that door should be of interest to the likes of the great Kurban. Kyle moved quickly past. The unprecedented, overwhelming success of City had been a sort of accident. The kind of dumb luck that keeps New York restaurateurs up late at night, giggling to themselves at their extravagant good fortune. Somewhat inexplicably... The confluences of Wall Street, professional athletics, high-stakes publishing, and Hollywood's eastern contingent had all decided that City was the place, the restaurant of the century's end. The causes for such an occurrence might be easily catalogued. A high-profile billionaire owner who courted scandal and curiosity. A clubby masculine decor that went against the grain of effete feminine trends of interior restaurant design. Therefore, a place where the world's big shots could feel like big shots. A convenient midtown location. But then one could mention twenty other restaurants with nearly the same virtues, nineteen of which on this particular afternoon were barely half full. City, meanwhile, was bursting at the seams. Kyle, who was tall and wore his dark hair thicker and wavier than was the current style, used his sinewy bill to move through the crowded lobby easily sidling his way up to the host stand. There he waited while a squat, pinstripe-suited man accosted the hostess in a shouting whisper that was apparently his idea of tact. 
Do you know who you've set me next to in there? He jabbed his stubby fingers toward the dining room of burnished rosewood and gold inlay mirrors. The CEO of DLJ. I don't want to hear his conversation any more than I want him to hear mine. Don't you understand anything about business? The hostess stood stoic in a black dress that fit her like a wetsuit. This was her defense, her armor against the squat, pinstripe-suited men of this world. You'd never have me, you ugly little monster, and you know it. Ever polite, she asked if he would like to see another table. What? And have all my guests get up and move? I'd look like an asshole. The hostess smiled an absolutely winning, full-lipped grin that managed to be obsequious and mocking at the same time. As for looking like an asshole, her smile intimated, the matter had been settled long ago. "'What, sir, would you like me to do?' she asked. "'I'm trying to find out why this happened, since I come here at least four times a week, and do you even know who I am?' Kyle stood nearby, twitching nervously. He wondered if he should lend a hand. In the old days, this would have been just his sort of gig. Like some debauched urban Robin Hood, he might have come over and stood above the little man for a moment, Kyle being comfortably over six feet, kindly urging him to put his dick away already and return quietly to his table. Please, sir. Thank you. Setting this in motion, he would then immediately parlay this good deed into an intimacy with the hostess having already broken down the expansive barrier between customer and employee. And barring an engagement ring or an anomalous sexual preference, be more oftentimes than not, in like Flynn. Instead, he decided to hold his tongue and admire the hostess from afar. Had marriage mellowed him? Certainly. Who escaped its mollifying effects? But even if he were making smarter choices now, the driving motivation for Kyle Clayton, what got his rocks off, literally speaking, was the same as it had ever been. To be scorned, to be declared persona non grata, if possible, to be despised. In New York, be it in business or in the creative arts, it seemed essential. If you were not hated, then you'd not challenge the competitive rhythms of the city. You had not inflamed the jealousies of the successful. You had not highlighted the failures of the left behind. Here in Manhattan, this could only mean one thing. You had accomplished nothing. In being hated, Kyle was almost wholly successful. He had also earned a grudging respect. If photos of him seemed to project an irritating self-satisfaction, if his work was inconsistent and public interest in it had grown scattershot, if he had raised public hell, indulged in outlandish and not entirely benign mischief, seemingly in the name of nothing, well, then, he had also written what was arguably the novel of his generation, Charmed Life. Published in the late 1980s, the book was a watershed, a pop novel that was somehow more than pop. Even literary veterans setting out to destroy this obvious new threat found themselves under its spell, forced to agitated silence. It was success, both high and low. And so fame had come calling, followed quickly by its bully boys, envy, resentment, and spite. Almost immediately, 
The media had set about tearing up Kyle Clayton in a way he could never have anticipated. He was shocked and wounded, as only great romantics can be, and so finally came to a place where he'd found scorn both delicious and irresistible. For as long as anyone could remember, ten years as it turned out, Kyle Clayton had gorged himself on a particular type of New York contempt, had made a meal out of it, and was still, as of this late date, unsated. He was America's last great literary fool, and not a little proud of it. But to the surprise of almost everyone, he'd suddenly got married to a Turkish woman of enticing red hair, and now here came another flood of bile. Another shower of laughter and scorn. Page six had had a field day. A Muslim? Kyle Clayton? The sneers and taunts were even more cutting, more mean-spirited than before. Though underneath one detected a desperation. Were the dispensers of public ridicule worried that their whipping boy, their great fool, might be tempered by marriage, by faith? Were they getting in their last licks? Yes, Kyle had mellowed. He'd decided he owed his wife a semblance of calm, though he might even do with a little himself, and so had been truly flying under the radar these days. Not that the conflicts would be completely abandoned, of course. They were too much his sustenance for that. It was just that now they would have to be chosen with greater discernment. This rude, lumpy money man, for example, was something he'd have to overlook. Too easy a target. Utterly forgettable. The hostess, on the other hand, Catwoman and...